Again, welcome to everyone. I'm so glad that you're here today. An opportunity to celebrate an important event of resurrection of our Lord and Savior and what we gain from that as well, being his disciples. So wherever you're at spiritually, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today wanting to be here with us on this special day. You know, a lot of times people think Christians talk too much about sin. That there's too much talk about sinning. There's, there's two times of, types of extremes of Christians. One side are those who think everything's a sin. And that they're sinful. And that God is the only one that can, you know, can make them even better in the sense that they tell other people that they're sinning as well. You also have the other side that simply says, I never sin. I have nothing to be sorry about. Or they say, I haven't killed anybody yet, so I'm okay, you know? So in between there are, are what are we doing here? And a lot of Holy Week here, and today on Resurrection Day, we see the forgiveness of sins, being made free from sin. What does that mean? Really, an avenue that we can really take is that you and I are not defined by our sins in God's eyes. That we are not defined and saying, oh, okay, there's so-and-so, the cheater, the liar, the stealer, someone who is uh, not good to other people or won't love other people. God wants to heal us because he knows what we're capable of. Last night, throughout the world, we had what's called the Easter Vigil. It's the baptism of new members and also for the first time coming to the table of the Lord. And it's a lengthy liturgy. And the readings are part of creation story and salvation history. So it's a little longer. The first reading from the book of Genesis was the creation story. That God created the world, but it ended with God created male and female. And it said, and God found it to be good. The Hebrew mindset of that Old Testament is, we have been inherently created good. That's good theology to have. Poor theology is saying we're bad. And only God can help us do good. No, God has created all of us good. And the powerful sign is that God doesn't define us by our sin and only see sin. Think about sometimes you and I in our lonely moments. When we're alone in our thoughts. And how many people around the world really have a hard time loving and accepting themselves? That they tell themselves, God, I'm, I'm not a good person. I don't know how God can love me. And I, I just don't know. I'm not perfect. I'm not the way I should be. And I have a lot of faults. And I'm made to feel bad about myself. And sometimes there are people in their lives that tell them they're sinful. Tell them they're not lovable. And sometimes you and I can be people that we tell people and label them that, oh yeah, you're the sinner. And some things, they do harm to us and hurtful things to us, and it's hard to forgive them because we can't look past that. There's certain people in our lives that no matter what they do, if they feed a thousand people tomorrow, we would still label them as bad, as sinful. 
And so the resurrection, the freeing from sin, is that you and I are not defined by our sins, even if our fellow human beings don't understand that. We are created good. And we don't have to be defined. Now, we have to cooperate with this. It's not enough to say, well, you know what? I'm just going to forgive what people did in hurtful ways. And you know what? They'll just have to, I'm just not going to ever forgive them. Well, you know, forgiveness can be hard, but I think mar uh, marriage is a lot like forgiveness. You know, I, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I do weddings for a living. I don't know if you knew that or not, huh? Done a lot of weddings, huh? And you know, there's great romantic love in the beginning. But you know what? The real love a lot of times comes after 50, 60, 70 years. Because what they do is that they have to choose love. They don't always feel it. But I choose to love my partner today. I choose to do that. And you know, in forgiveness, it's the same way. We may not have that feeling, and it doesn't happen overnight or with one prayer or one crying movie. It doesn't happen like that a lot. It's a daily commitment to say, I choose not to just focus on your sin, but I choose to focus that you and I are created inherently good. Remember, poor theology, in fact, it's heresy to believe that we're created bad and somehow, if we do good things, somehow we can be good, but we're always bad. That's heresy. That's not what we believe. And so what do we do with this freedom? What do we do? Where do we go? And our faith teaches us right here at the table that from the very beginning of the way when people started following Jesus, the meal was done at table to remember resurrection, but also to know that it is the forgiveness of sins. Here's the thing. Wherever you're at spiritually, I want you to know that you don't lose your place at the table. Because a lot of times there's leaders around who have this spirituality that has been a, wrong, a long time centuries that we've struggled with as a church. You're not worthy. You are sinful. Oh, I didn't go to confession this week. God will be so mad if I go to communion. That's not what we teach. There's a spirituality out there that a lot of people do, but let's take a look what our faith says. Here's what Pope Francis is. I, I think most of you would say he's the big cheese. Huh? I don't think there's anybody a little more uh, influential than the Pope is in our Christian faith here. And here's what he says. Eucharist is not a reward for good behavior. It is medicinal for the sinner. Eucharist is not a reward for good behavior. I've been perfect. I haven't committed any sin. I haven't killed anyone, so I deserve... I've earned it, and I won't offend God if I go to communion this week. Pope Francis reminds us of our long-standing teaching that it is medicinal. It is meant for the sinner. You know, recently he said, Eucharist, the bread at the table, is the sinner's bread. It's the sinner's bread. 
that all of us are sinful, but we are made free by the resurrection, which is remembered and celebrated every time the community gathers together. And so when your lonely thoughts, when you think, I'm not lovable, I'm not worthy, I can never be forgiven, you come to the table. Sometimes people are like medicine in the, in the medicine cabinet. You all sit there and you go, oh, I'm so sick and I got the medicine in there, but I'm not worthy to open it up and take medicine. So we have this spirituality where people in the church like to play defense at the table. You can't go. You haven't earned it. You're not worthy. In other words, if it's medicinal, it's meant to help people. I've been a priest for almost 40 years, and my homilies have not converted one person ever. It hasn't. There's, it fails every Sunday. There's no one more failing than me or anyone who preaches in God's name. It's the Spirit of God. God is the one. And so those of you who like NBA basketball, that's the kind of defense we need because they play no defense in the NBA. <laughs> they just allow people through. And you know, that's the kind of defense we need at the table. Because that's what frees us from sin, and that's what resurrection's about. Remember, all of you have been created to be good because you are good. Now, we can choose because we still have to cooperate with this. We just don't stand there and say, okay, I'm forgiven and I can go live any way I want. It is a daily commitment. So some of you have been away from the table for many reasons. Okay? But I want you to know you don't lose your place at the table. You know, I come with one brother and five sisters and a family. And the thing about a family dinner place for most people is everyone has their seats at the table. Oh, guests would come to our house, don't sit there. That's Veronica's table, chair. Or no, that's my brother's chair, you can sit over there. Oh, don't sit in my parents' chair. Everyone had their place. My mom was closest to the kitchen, so she could go back and forth there. That's where they're at. But as people get older and teens and they have life, there's an empty chair. Because sometimes they'd rather be with their friends, which is normal. But aren't they missed? What about those who go to college? Those who move on in life? Those who've died? Their table is still there. But there's an emptiness there. There's a longing. And maybe this Easter might be where your entire family or some people that you've loved are going to be there with you today at the meal. And the same thing happens at the table of the Lord. But sometimes we act like teens that we would rather be with our friends. We're too busy to eat. And yet, those of us who are wiser and older know that meal's important. Because it changes us. Great speakers don't change people's minds. Okay? It's God. And it's our willingness to be open. And so, I would ask you then, maybe starting at the dinner table, who can you define differently? may have to start with your family members or those who are at the meals today. Rather than calling them out by their sin, 
Can you strive to choose to see the good in them? Those of you who are thinking of maybe harming yourself one day because you struggle with self-love, can you listen to the voices of God and people at the table to tell you you are inherently good and your sins do not define who you really are? You may struggle with sin, but that's what forgiveness of sin is all about. And so I invite the church to have more leaders because many of you are the leaders. It isn't just priests. I want all of you to play defense like the NBA. <laughs> Let people through. Let people receive. Because as Pope Francis said, Eucharist is not a reward for good behavior. It is medicinal. It is bread for the sinner.